Welcome to Four Points Online. We are so honored that you're with us here today. And if God has used this ministry to change your life, we want to hear about it. So go to fourpoints.org slash mystory and tell us. You know what, it's because of your generosity that we are able to expand the kingdom. If you want to give and be a part of what God's doing here at Four Points, go to our website and choose the safe and secure option. Or you can download our app and give there as well. And now we are so excited about hearing a powerful word from God today. I'm excited. We're talking about selfie, self-image, and finding our identity in Christ. And so I just want to have some fun with y'all. First thing to get going. I told y'all last week, I don't know if y'all remember what I told y'all I was going to show you this week, but you're welcome for this. <laughs> My mama had a, I mean, like it's in, I think it's in Austin or Leah's office right now or in the main office, but there's a button with this picture on it. I need y'all to know. Like, she actually wore it on her body to show people this sheepdog with lips. <laughs> y'all look, for real. By the way, this is, this is the fall of the year that Leah started dating me. So if anybody ever says to me, like, bless her heart and all this stuff, I, I'm just going to point at this picture and say, she knew. Like, <laughs> Who are y'all talking to? Luckily for me, now I'm, I probably have gone a little bit too far on the filled out side of things, if y'all know what I'm talking about, but I needed to add a little bit of weight to this picture, if y'all know what I'm talking about, because I was a lot of head and a lot of lips and a lot of hair. I don't know what I was thinking, but thank God we grew into the lips and head a little bit, if y'all know what I'm talking about. When I look at this picture, I think one thing. I think we need a little help, and praise God we didn't stay here. So, mm, a button is all I'm telling y'all. I just can't get over it that there were buttons with these things on it. And then I, w I just wonder what this face was thinking. Did I know they were about to take a picture, or was it? Oh, my gosh, this is a real picture. Y'all didn't make this up. Anyway, so the whole series is, is about this verse. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, everybody say, in Christ. He is, or she is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And I, I want to remind you that in means established in. It's fixed. The word means fixed in time. It's not something that I have to work to be. It's what I am. But the problem with this is that I remind myself of what I was, and I don't remind myself of what I am. And therefore, I constantly face the battle in my mind of what I used to be, and reminding myself of what I used to be, or, or last night, what I was. And not who I am in Christ, that I've been established in him, that I'm no longer the same, that I'm, that I'm bought with a price and I'm changed. And this is for every Christian, but unsaved people in the room, I'm excited for you because this is going to be for you in just a minute. And so today's message is selfie fixer-upper. Everybody say fixer-upper. Fixer How many of y'all watched that show, the fixer-upper show? I rebuke all of y'all in Jesus' name. <laughs> My wife loves that show, and I just, it's probably because when I was growing up, my life was to work on houses with my pops, who is, I'm not, I don't want y'all to turn and look, but he's right there in the back, and he's got his glasses on. I saw you move him. Speaking of fixer-upper, but that was free. Some of y'all get it. Bless his heart. He'll have two pair of glasses on his head at the same time, and he don't use either one of them. But, but we remodeled houses, and I had the drug problem. He drugged me to work and drugged me home every single day. 
I was the kid, this is not anything to do with the message, but y'all know me, I don't care. I was the kid, I would come out literally, and I was about sixth, seventh grade, I would come out in my drawers. That's underwear if y'all don't know what I'm talking about. And he left at 7, and about 7, 6.59 and some seconds, I was in my underwear sound asleep and I because we had a little drive, and I was just miserable, didn't want to go. And that was me my entire life because I did not want to go work fixer-upper. So to watch that show was a little bit painful for me because it's so fun, it's sweet, they get to pick out all the decorations. And I'm thinking, no, I had to work. <laughs> it wasn't the decoration part that was fun, but just recently, Lee and I sold our house, as y'all know, or as some of you know, and we did a fixer-upper in our house. And it was fun because we got to decide. We got to have a vision for this house that wasn't real nice when we walked into it. We got to have a vision to make it what we wanted it to be. And I feel like for some people, the problem with your life is that the vision for your life is, is what it used to be. And so you walk in and you see yourself as we saw this house that needed some work and we didn't see what it was, we saw what it could be. And that's the way that God sees you because in Christ, that's what you are. You are becoming what you already have been established in, in Christ. And so every time I look at myself and I think I don't like what I see, I got to remind myself that that's not who I am. That's what I went back to. And so if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Colossians chapter two, and we're going to look at the ups of the fixer-upper, the way God establishes you in this fixer-upper. And so Colossians chapter 2, starting in verse 6, says, Therefore, as you received Christ. So, y'all need to hear this. This is not talking about before salvation. This is now talking about after salvation. So for every person in the room that's not saved, this part is not for you, but it will be at the end of the message. So listen carefully. And I want everybody to get your notes out because I'm telling you this one's good. All right, so men, I'm talking to you mainly because I know we don't really take notes. We remember everything, right? Say amen. All right, nobody's willing to say amen. That's all right. Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. Now, let me break this down a little bit. He says, Paul says to us, as you received the Lord, walk in him. And then he says this interesting thing, rooted and built up, rooted and built up. So recently we took uh, Lainey to the dermatologist because she's got, I'm sorry for this and thank God she's only nine because if she was a little older, she would kill me for telling you this. We took her to the dermatologist because she had a wart on her hand. Nobody, no one wants that. I don't know if she's messing with frogs. I don't even know what all that is, but y'all know what I'm talking about, so... I thought that it would be real easy because you just go in and freeze it off. Are y'all with me? Isn't that, it's, it's easy. And honestly, I had one when I was a kid and I dug it out. <laughs> I mean, I know that's gross and it bled a little bit, but why go to the dermatologist when you can do it yourself? Somebody say amen. <laughs> so Leah um, actually took her and what we were fascinated by was the dermatologist said, I don't want to freeze it off. He said, because two things can happen. One, it will hurt her. And two, it, it may not go away. Even if it's gone, it may not go away. Why? Because it's called a seeded, seeded wart. And in this wart, the seeded wart, it has roots. Because a wart is actually, I didn't know this, but a wart is actually a virus that takes your blood and it reproduces it and continues to reproduce it. And so if any of the root is left, it will come back. So he gave this topical cream. It's almost like chemotherapy. And he said it will go away. It's just going to take some time. 
Well, listen, that's what you are. That's just like your life. What we want is a fixer-upper that happens immediately where there's no work involved. But I'm here to tell you that even though the Gaines family make it look fun, there's work involved in fixing it up. Do y'all know what I'm talking about? There's work involved. And it ain't fun. When it's hunted outside, and today it's going to be hunted, that means 100 degrees, if y'all don't know what I'm talking about in here. But it's, when it's hot, it ain't fun. And it takes time. What the doctor told us was in two months, it will be gone. And it will be gone forever because we're killing the virus. Sin is like that virus in your life. And whenever I look at my life and think all I want is to receive Christ and then do my thing, it's no different than receiving something and, and, and then letting the virus stay there. And then when I want to have a quick fix and I just pick it off, but not become, what's this word? Everybody say it. Established in Christ Jesus. Then, then I'll look back at my life and I'll go, what's the problem? This is miserable. This is frustrating. And so I, I, I believe that y'all know this, but I've joked about that mirror during this series. But guys really, for the most part, I know there's, there's differences. Some women never look at mirrors and some men do. But for the most part, guys will look at the mirror for exactly 10 seconds. That's long enough. They'll check with their wife. Their wife gives them permission to leave the house and then they're good. And it's because I guess we care, but uh, what else? I mean, you know, it's, it's, it is what it is. And so in life, what I found is when it comes to who we are, when it comes to being comfortable in my skin, it's a lot easier for me to find your faults than it is my own. And, and, and so here's what I noticed, y'all, and I wasn't planning on saying anything about this, but I just felt led by the Lord. Last week, I heard the church, and I'm not talking about just this church. I heard the church say that we stand against certain things that we watched happen. Back in Charlottesville and certain things, we stand against it, and we did. This place did, and many other churches did. But the reality is the church is the most segregated place on the planet. And so if we talk about what they're doing, but we're not that in here, and let me say capital C church, people look at us and they say, you love to talk about what you received, but you don't want to be established in it and actually be that. And so people look at us and say, well, thanks for pointing that out in us, but what about you? What about you? I mean, if we never hang out with people that don't look like us, sound like us, or act like us, then we may sound good on a podcast with a microphone, but the reality is we're telling them what to do, and we're walking away and doing the opposite. And that's what we do in our lives. And the problem with that is the Bible talks about sins of the Father, but it's really just passing things down. And if you want to know where you are in your life, look at your kids. And I know some of you don't have kids, but this is applicable for you as well. I was sitting on the bed with Haston on Monday, and um, I don't even remember what we were talking about, but we were going through stuff laughing. And I said, if your teacher asked you one thing about your daddy, what would you tell him? Without thinking, and this is when you can really tell what they're thinking, I said, how would you, what, what is daddy? What does daddy do? And he just said the word mad, just like that. And I was like, you know, the first thing when someone says something to you, especially when it's a kid and it's not what you want, the, the first thing that we do is we like want to correct them. You know what I mean? That's not what you mean. That was the wrong thing, bro. Like, I'll give you $5 if you say a better answer. 
And then he did go on to say, something. you're my best friend, and said some really nice things, but I, I just thought about it for a second. Why would he think that I'm mad? Sometimes when I discipline him, I raise my voice. Sometimes when Lee and I have, have argued, yes, we've argued before. I know that comes as a shock, but she's always right, and I'm always loud, and <laughs> there you go. But, but he identifies his daddy with mad. So when Haston is 15 and he's got an anger problem, I can look and say, what's wrong with you? Or I can look in and say, you saw it modeled. I can give you a biblical example of this. In Genesis, we see Abraham, when he went to Egypt, he, he was scared for his life because Sarah was really attractive, and so he lied and said it was his sister. And then a generation later, Isaac had the same situation take place, and he lied and said Rebekah was his sister. And then a generation later, Jacob lied to his dad to get the birthright. And then a generation after that, the brothers of Joseph lied about Joseph. They lied and sold him into slavery. They lied and had all these things. And you have a four-generation problem that could have been stopped in generation one if the man of God had looked at himself in the mirror and not looked at everybody else's problems and said, I'm a liar, but that's not acceptable. I'm not going to be established in that I need to be built up in Christ Jesus. And, and so the problem with our lives is we love to tell everybody else what the problem is, but we're not willing to look inside and let Christ be established in us. Christ did not save you to keep you where you are. Christ saved you to establish you, to build you up. A fixer-upper takes time. And you are not a finished product today, but inside of you in Christ is the finished product. And if all you ever see is everybody else's problems and you never see what you can be and who you are in Christ, then you'll look and say when Haston tells you mad and you'll say, nah, bro, that's not me. That's all them. And I'm really good. And you should see the good in me. And the reality is we see the good in us and the bad in them. And we want to fix the outside, but Christ focuses on the inside because he loves you so much. And he set the most precious commodity on the planet inside of you. And that's the person of the Holy Spirit. And so for me to have a fixer-upper in my life, the first thing that has to happen is I've got to be built up. Because my house that we just changed and built would not have changed at all had I left it the same. Do y'all know what I mean? It would have still been that same house chopped up and we, we tore walls down and we made it an open floor plan, but it still would have been the same. It had to be built up. And you were established the day that you trusted Jesus Christ, but, but to be built up means that I walk in him every day because, let me go back. I don't know which way to go. There you go. Established in the faith just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. And I believe if you want to know, listen, and I'm going to move on. If you want to know if you're built up in Christ, if you're being established and maturing is really the word for that becoming more and more mature in Christ Jesus, then abounding in thanksgiving is a litmus test. That will tell you, if I'm a constant complainer about my circumstances, about my situation, about where my life is, then I'm not abounding in joy in thanksgiving. And I can see that people hear my complaining, but I think I'm showing them maturity. It's a me problem. And it's a me problem in Christ. So the first thing that I've got to do is be built up. And then verse eight says, see to it, 
that no one takes captive by philosophy or empty deceit, by all this, by all this religion and stuff according to human tradition. And, and we get so caught up in tradition. We will fight over whether the rebel flag should be on the state house capitol. We will fight over our favorite teams, but we will not stand in Christ Jesus. People have no idea that we're in Christ because we're, quote, afraid to share our faith. But we will stand for our favorite stuff. And y'all, I'm just telling you, when we die, none of that stuff matters. There's only one thing that matters. Who are they and who are we in Christ? And some of them have never heard of him. But listen, when we say stuff about him today, they think you're trying to fix me. And you're wandering and lost yourself. The church needs a fixer-upper, y'all. According to the human tradition, according to the element, elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. This sounds so much like the world we're living in today. For in him, everybody say in him. The whole fullness, every bit, every drop of the fullness of the deity of God dwells bodily. And you have been filled. Everybody say filled. You, we've been filled in him. The entire Godhead is inside of Jesus Christ. And then he put him inside of us. And that is how you are rooted, established. And he says, who is the head of, the, of all rule and authority? And, and, and so if I want to know how can I become established, how can I start becoming more mature? How can I see my life change? How can I not be angry? Pastor, I hate this about me. I, I wish I wasn't these things. I, I don't like that I struggle in the same sins over and over and over. And what it boils down to is this. What are you being filled with? Because this is not about salvation. This is not about salvation. This is not about salvation. I get frustrated when I hear people say, if you do bad things, then it's a sign that you're not saved. That is not what the Bible says but it may be a sign that you're established in something other than what you were saved in. And this is the case for almost all of us when we struggle with our identity outside because all of us don't want to be jacked up, right? And look like a sheepdog with lips. Come on. But the reality is that we don't find comfort in our lives and we look at ourselves and say, I hate where I am. I hate this about me. I wish this could change because change is something that all of us would love to have, but we're not willing to go through the process of getting there. We say, well, how is this possible? It's a daily, daily feeling in Christ. It's a daily feeling of the Spirit of God. It's every single day. It's every single day. It's it, it, for a sports analogy, because I think as a coach and I think as an as a athlete would, we don't take plays off. We don't take days off. It's every day. So the first thing was built up, and the second thing is filled up. I've got to be filled up. If I'm not filled up, then I'm empty. And listen, this is the point of this. The Bible says that God will empty us the Bible says that I will be filled in, in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, that, that I'm poured out. My jar of clay will, will lose the stuff, but it's so they can see it. But if I decide that one time I got Jesus and it felt real good and I'm okay, then you will walk around empty and wonder why you're searching and you'll fill your life and I will fill my life with things that cause me to feel empty. 
And if every single day I'm not filled up, if one day, I've said this before if you attend four points. We are 30 seconds from stupid, y'all. Everybody. And I mean stupid like in your marriage stupid. I mean stupid like, like completely jack your life up stupid. Every single person is capable of things that you would never even dream of if I'm not filled in him. Anytime I see people judging people based on what they just did, I think to myself, God help them. Because they have no idea what they're capable of if they're filled in anything but Christ. You were rooted and established in him, but that doesn't mean that this morning you're filled in him. And if we're filled in anything else, we may have a pretty exterior. Our fixer-upper might look really good, but inside it's a mess. And we're hoping that something can change. Continuing. In verse 11, it says, in him... Everybody say in him. Amen. Also, you are circumcised. Now, this is the part that I really like of this message. If you've ever been to a wedding that I've done, I've probably hit on this. I've probably hit on the circumcision of marriage. But he says you are circumcised with a circumcision made without hands, not, not by human hands, not by a doctor, but by putting off the body of flesh that outside looking thing to find my self image, to find my identity. It's not about what I look like. It's about who I am inside. And he says, listen, this is how I did it through circumcision, not by human hands and not by outside parts, but by the circumcision of Christ through the circumcision of Christ. That's how circumcision took place. And so the first thing I want to show you is that you're sealed. The Bible says that I'm sealed in Christ Jesus. I'm seated in him. That, that when I am saved and when you are saved, listen, it's, it's like the king back in the day, back years ago when he, had, when he had wax and he had a seal. And whenever something was to be established, whenever something was absolutely a covenant, the king would take his ring and he would seal it and you couldn't go against it. When Darius decided... It, um, when he got tricked into making the law and Daniel was praying and no one could pray except to him and, and Daniel still prayed, he didn't have a choice because he had sealed it. There was a binding document saying the king's seal is on this and he had to throw Daniel in the lion's den. Well, in Christ, you were sealed unto salvation in the person of the Holy Spirit. In Christ, that is how you are sealed. And that is the circumcision of your heart. Let me just show you what the Bible says. As a picture of this, God established his people with Abraham and he says, this is my covenant. This is my binding agreement with you. The Old Testament and the New Testament literally means covenant. And he says, listen, I want to give you these covenants so that you know who you are in me. You are my chosen people, which you shall keep between me and you and your offspring after you. Every male among you shall be, what's the word? Circumcised. This was the sign. This was the picture and this was external circumcision at the time. He said, every single male that's an Israelite will be circumcised. And then Jeremiah, I love this verse. He says, circumcise yourselves to the Lord. Remove the foreskin of your hearts. He's not talking about the male anatomy. He's talking about the heart. O men of Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem, lest my wrath go forth like fire and burn with none to quench it because of the evil of your deeds. Jeremiah is such a fascinating book because it's a man that was a prophet that is searching out. We love Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not harm you. 
And, and it's a great verse, but if you read all of Jeremiah, it's like, which one of these is not like the other, right? Because Jeremiah was that dude now. He's the spit in the wind prophet. He, he, he has some anger issues, but it was anger because of what the Lord had spoken to him in his life because the people of God were externally, listen, I need y'all to get this, were externally circumcised, but internally far from God because their hearts were so hardened and afraid and far from him. That is the church. That is the church. And then a couple weeks ago when I was talking about Joseph, I told you part of the story of Acts 7 when Stephen was giving this declaration before these religious leaders. And he talked about all, he talked about Abraham and he talked about Isaac and Jacob and Joseph and how God saved the people. But listen to what he said in verse 51. In Acts 7, he said, you stiff-necked people, uncircumcised in your hearts and ears. They were super religious. They knew all the scriptures. They knew what to do, why to do it, all these things. And they followed, 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 followed. But their hearts were so far from God because they were uncircumcised in their hearts and ears. They only heard what they wanted to hear. They only got what they wanted to get. And they became so resistant against anything that wasn't their idea. You always resist the Holy Spirit. As your fathers did, so do you. As your fathers did, so do you. Let me tell you this about why I love the picture of circumcision in marriage. And this is why I try to use it. Most of us wear rings. Some people have done the tattoo. And Lee and I thought about it because we think it's really cool because it's also a picture of like the covenant to get it on your um, ring finger on your left hand. But, but the reason that I love the ring is because it never ends or begins. It's the circle, and y'all have probably heard this before, but it literally is a symbol like circumcision. Now, in the Old Testament, it was on the eighth day, and there was a reason for that, and all these things to be established, and most males in America today, unless there's a religious reason not to, on, I think it's day one, get circumcised today, but that is not the picture. The picture is your heart and how at one time, Ezekiel says that I had a stoned heart, but God takes my heart of stone and turns it to a heart of flesh. And what he does in doing that is he, he seals me. Just like when I put the ring on Leah's finger and she put the ring on my finger and I said, I don't care who comes against us. I'm making a covenant before God that you are mine and I am yours. God made a covenant before you that you are his and he is yours, that he loves you and that he's called you, that he set you apart. I don't care what you've done. If God has a hold of your heart, you are different. You are not the same. You are his and you were bought with a price. And he put his ring, the king's ring, on your heart and he set you apart. He sealed you until the day of Christ Jesus, which means the day you go home and the day he calls us up. You are sealed in his blood. You are changed in an instant through the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony. That is how we're overcomers. Not by how good I am, not by what I do, but because I have the king's ring and my heart has been changed. I have been set free. I have been circumcised in my heart. So I have a covenant with God that sets me apart differently. I do not have to walk as the old Mark, even though there's some people. I saw some, some of my buddies that I grew up with last night that I played ball with at Burns at the Burns game, and I just thought to myself for a minute, I wonder if they still think I'm the crazy, trash-talking whatever that I used to be. And you know what? I don't care if they do, because the reality is I'm not. 
Romans chapter 11 says that we were grafted into the faith of Abraham, which means that that external circumcision has been given to me internally. And every one of us have the opportunity to be God's chosen, to be God's family, to be God's people, to be one race, a holy nation, a royal priesthood. And I only remain different than God's people if I choose to be established in something else something else, excuse me, and rooted in my past. Every time that your mind tells you to remember who you are, every time the enemy speaks those lies in your ears, you remind him that you were circumcised in the Lord Jesus, that you were grafted into the faith, that you're no longer yours, but you were bought with a price and that he can't have you because you're not for sale. So in Christ, we're sealed. I'm his. I'm not, this is not an option anymore, everybody. I've been married to the king. I am the bride and he is the bridegroom. And we're set apart. And then he continues to say in verse 12, how are we circumcised? Having been buried in Christ in baptism. Now this isn't water baptism. Water baptism is is the sign. By the way, we're doing baptism today in both services. And I wanted y'all to know this. Why do I love this? Does this ring make me married? Y'all say it out loud. Nope, but it's a picture. I'm telling the world what I am by wearing this ring. Baptism is the same thing. Baptism doesn't save you, but it's telling the world what you are in Christ, that I was buried with Christ in baptism and then I raised to walk in new life. And that's what baptism is. That's why all of us should be baptized. The day that we get saved, the first commandment is to get in that water. This is a horse trough. It is warm. It is not magic. It is not special water. It's water from the mop sink in there that goes into here that's heated up, everybody. But it's the ring to show the world who I am. And I know we're doing some today, and I hope we do some more. I hope some of y'all, because we got, we got everything that you can imagine. We got shorts, T-shirts. We got change of drawers. We got everything. <laughs> so as soon as I get done, you can go back there and say, I want to get baptized. We got it ready for you. But that's why we do it. Because we were buried with Christ in baptism in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. Watch this. And you who were dead in your trespasses, in your sin, and were uncircumcised. Because I don't care who you are. I don't care how much money you've got. I don't care what your background is. You weren't circumcised if you are. Every one of us, every one of us, every one of us were either uncircumcised in our hearts or we are sitting in this room. And I know there's some that are. But you're not going to be for long because God's pulling on you right now. And the uncircumcision of your flesh, but God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses. I love this so much. This verse, y'all. Some translations don't use record of debt. Some translations say by canceling out the death certificate that stood against us with its legal demands. Each one of us, because of what we had done, the moment we sinned once, the Bible says the wages of sin is death. In Romans chapter six, the wages of sin is death and that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And listen, Paul said right here, all of us had a death certificate, which meant we are dead and there's a penalty for that death. Here's the demands of that death. But Ephesians chapter 2 says that we were dead in our trespasses passes in sin, but God being rich in his mercy decided that it wasn't good to keep us there and gave us grace through the cross. 
He gave us the opportunity to not have to hold our own death certificate because I need y'all to get this. The reason we struggle so bad in, in seeing ourself change is because we remind ourselves of our death certificate, but we've got to stop that. We've got to stop reminding ourselves of what the penalty of our past is and remind ourselves of what the future in Christ is because here's what it says. I had a death certificate and it had legal demands, but, but God, through Christ Jesus, set that aside by nailing it to the cross. My goodness, this is good, y'all. He disarmed the rulers and authorities, that is Satan and his demons, and put them in open shame. Oh my goodness, is that good? He didn't just defeat them. He shamed them in front of God and all of us. They are shamed because they are already defeated by trying, triumphing over them in him. And so for every person in the room that's struggling with who they are, put down the certificate that God put on. Because the Bible says in Ephesians, or excuse me, in 2 Corinthians 5, 21, that he who knew no debt, because he never had sin, became, didn't die for, because he did do that. But he didn't just die for your sin. He became that so that you could become life. So that the shame that was on you would be taken off of you and put on the enemy that tries to call you shameful. He became your sin so that you could be the righteousness of God. But in order to receive it, you have to believe in his name. In order to receive it, you got to confess that he's Lord. And I'm here to tell you that the last part of, of seeing a fixer-upper happen in your own life. Because you can be built up and sealed up and feel good, but there has to be a first part. You gotta look at the current condition and you gotta say, I'm not willing to stay there anymore. I'm gonna stand up. I'm gonna stand up. I'm not gonna be what I was because he bought me. I don't have to hold the death certificate anymore because he bought me. I'm not gonna live in fear because he bought me. His blood, his cross, it set me free. I am not mine anymore. And this is the verse I wanna close with. 1 John chapter 4, verse 18 and 19 says, there is no fear. Everybody say, no fear. No. Say it again, say, no fear. No. There's no fear in love, but perfect love casts out all fear. I don't have to be afraid of what's ahead. I don't have to be afraid of what they think. I don't have to be afraid of what you thought about me if you think I'm good enough or if I'll never be good enough, if I'm, if I'm good looking enough. My selfie is what causes me fear. My identity, looking out, trying to fix you and not being rooted in. But perfect love casts out all fear for fear has to do with punishment. Please get this. When Haston looked at me and said mad, it didn't set off fireworks in my heart. But what I realized is the picture of our heavenly father that I was giving him is punishment. But that is not how our heavenly father operates. This is what the Bible says. So if you would like to argue this, I do not apologize. I stand firm on the foundation of scripture. 
God's first response isn't punishment, but hope. God's first response isn't punishment, but life. God's first response isn't punishment, it's the cross. God's first response isn't punishment, it's the blood. And I'm here to tell you that perfect love casts out all fear because it's not through punishment that God wants to redeem you. It's not through, it's not through scaring you that God wants to redeem you. It's through his perfect love that that fear of your past that someone may find out what you are, that is a lie. And I say to hell with the devil and all his lies, we will stand up and be alive in Jesus Christ. Whoever fears, get this, get this, get this. Listen to what he said. Whoever fears has not been perfected in love. So why should I love, pastor? I don't feel love in this room. I've been hurt. I've been neglected. I've been left. I've been abandoned. I've been abused. Why should I be loved? We love because he first loved us. That's why we do it. That's why we'll change the world. We don't have to be relevant Forget relevancy. We have Christ in us. We don't need something better. We are something better in Christ. We have the answer to the world in Christ Jesus. The solution is you because you're the ambassador of Jesus Christ, Christian. Perfect love casts out all fear. So listen to me. This is what I need to tell you today. Somebody in this room needs to stand up and say yes to Jesus because you walked in here dead. You walked in here with your death certificate. You walked in here knowing that if you died right now, you will be separated from God for eternity. But that is done. Death is over. Somebody say death is done. We do not accept death. We accept life in Jesus' name. And I'm here to tell somebody to stand up in Christ and say, I want Jesus. I want to be alive in Jesus Christ. I want to receive him as my Savior and Lord. And if that's you, I'm telling you, I know this is crazy, but I just want you to stand up. In boldness, I want you to stand up. Come on, who else? Stand up and say, I'm ready to receive Jesus. Come on, I believe there's people in this room that need to stand up in Christ and say, perfect love casts out my fear. I will no longer be lost because I'm found. Perfect love casts out my fear. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In just a second, I'm going to ask y'all to just walk to the back prayer wall, if y'all will. Everybody else is going to move with you and just walk to that back prayer wall. And we got people that want to help you take your first steps. And we actually got clothes if you want to take your next steps. Does anybody else want to encourage that? Come on, somebody. Come on. I feel the Holy Spirit in this room. I don't know about y'all, but I want to know who it is with me. Everybody's looking. Who wants to no longer be remembered for what they were and forget about the past? Paul said it this way, forgetting what's behind me, I press on toward the mark, which is Christ Jesus. I just want to know, is anybody with me in this place that'll stand up and say, I'm with you, pastor. Let's do this thing. I'm with you, pastor. Let's do this thing. Perfect love casts out all fear. And we're going to love people. We're going to see the world change. We're going to see ourselves as Christ sees us and not the way the world sees us in Jesus' name. Will y'all just pray with me? God, I'm so thankful that I get to be married to you. Because, Lord, sometimes I'm cranky and I'm ornery. Sometimes... I'm mad, but God, the way you look at me is not with a death certificate, but alive in you. What an amazing God you are. Lord, we just celebrate Jesus in this place. We celebrate that you have given us a selfie fixer upper through Christ. And now we declare that we're with you 
that we've been sealed, that you put the ring on our finger and changed our hearts forever. And now we will see you change the world through us. Jesus, we love you. And we declare these things because in Jesus' name, we believe. We love you. And everybody said, if you're getting baptized, just slip out to the back right now and let's sing this awesome song to the Lord.